What up, Whisper Nation? Your boys are back at it today, and we have a great episode 94 already, Big Travis. It's going to be exciting. We're talking Dalvin Cook, a potential sell high, as well as a potential Gronk reuniting with Tom Brady down in Tampa Bay. Oh my gosh, what is this world coming to? Right here on the Fantasy Whispers. Yes, we're back again. We're back again. Here, let's pump up the volume. Right here. What's up, Whisper Nation? It's quarantine day whatever, and we're here uh, talking fantasy football with you guys yet again. I'm Big Travi. That's Johnny Game Time Hicks, and you're listening to episode 94 of the Fantasy Whisperers here. Uh, as always, if this is your first time on the show, please, please just let it. Or we want you guys to know that we're extremely grateful for listening as I try to botch the intro here. Uh, we're extremely grateful for you guys listening, and we're very excited to bring you guys this show in particular. Johnny, what what are we talking about today? So today we've got a bunch of topics on the slate, including Derek Derek Henry signing with uh, or his tenor with Tennessee. We'll talk about what ramifications that has, as well as some other interesting topics going on right now in the industry. It's a little bit slow with the news. Yeah, I think one of the biggest uh, takeaways in the last week, Johnny, is that Donald Trump got on the phone with uh, a lot of the big uh, pro sports uh, commissioners and basically said that the NFL should be looking to start exactly on time. So as much as you want to talk about Donald Trump's, uh, you know, trustability factor here, it is good news for those, you know, football heads out there, at least on the surface level, that the draft is going to happen. Uh, they're going to make this event of it, and we're looking to start the NFL season right on time. So let's hope that that is a valid statement by the president, and that that means we've got to jump into some of these news and notes and get you guys starting to sharpen that iron again for the fantasy football season rolling around. Yeah, certainly so, uh, excited, Travis, that uh, we will be able to have our <laughs> dynasty, or our, not only dynasty draft, but our Toltum draft. Uh, we were getting a little worried that maybe we might not be able to make that happen this year, which would be in our 10th year anniversary. We are glad that this news came across. So it's it's sounding like hopefully it's at crossed. least a glimmer. It's a glimmer of hope, at yeah. least in what's going on and here. We and, and we've watched we watched the NBA get postponed, the MLB get postponed. So, uh, you know, you've got Dana White out there securing private islands to get us sports. I've got, dude, mad respect for Dana White. Dude, dude. He like was so determined to do this. Like he was so adamant, like we're going to make this happen. And hey, I'm I'm all for it. Yeah, dude. Big props to Dana White. I, I, I got to love I got to respect that man's hustle. Uh, but as Johnny said, let's jump into some of these um, some of these news and notes and just these topics. We, you know, as you know, we're trying to get more on Reddit and talk to the, 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 the whisper nation out there, more of the community about what you guys are wanting to talk about. Um, and so per Adam Schefter, uh, Titans running back Derek Henry's signed his $10.2 million franchise tender today. And the two sides are still committed to working for a long-term extension extension before July 15th. Johnny, this is something that the Titans had to do. They have to get him to sign this thing because they're trying to protect a team that was very dangerous down the stretch last year. They already did Tannehill's deal, so they've got him locked up, which I think was a great deal for both sides, uh, especially for Tannehill, who's a guy who's having a resurgence in that offense. 
But what do you think about Derrick Henry here? And do you think they get a, a, a big extension done here? Or do they think do you think he, they treat him more like other running backs have been treated in the NFL? Well, I certainly think that they'll get some kind of deal here. I think Derrick Henry will see, you know, the tea leaves and, and see the writing on the wall at what all these other running backs have, what has happened uh, before him. And I, and I certainly think that Tennessee is also looking at it like that as well, right? You've seen these big high profile running backs, David Johnson, Todd Gurley, who get these massive contract extensions. And then within two to three years, they're having to be cut or traded because that is no longer a value. I think this is extremely smart for Tennessee. I think that they are getting exactly what they want. This is a guy who last year had 303 attempts, Travis, for uh, 1,540 yards and averaged 5.1 yards per carry. That's super impressive. 16 touchdowns. Really, really amazing. This is going to be something that he's going to want more you know, more money if they can't get to an, a long-term deal. So he could go out and do it again. You're looking at his career. He doesn't have a whole lot of carries on that body. 804 carries in total. Uh, you know, looking at yardage, a little over 3,800 total yardage. So he's and is this this will be the fifth year, Henry's uh, yes. fifth year? Yes, that is correct. Yeah, so like you're talking about only you know 200 carries on average a year. Yeah, um, not that crazy for a guy that has been just fed and fed and fed in that offense. So yeah, yeah Johnny, I like that point. Um, I think y- you want to see him get a deal or at least be happy with the tender for this year because you want to see him get fed. He's not that PPR guy, but he is relevant in PPR leagues because he gets the ball so much and near the goal line. I mean, 16 touchdowns. He's got 41 total touchdowns uh, in his, you know, four four career career. That's an average of 10 touchdowns per year. That's pretty impressive. So yeah, you're taking that. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you'll take that all day in fantasy. And so I think that you can, you know, from a fantasy point of view, if you have Derrick Henry on your dynasty this year, I'm certainly, you know, thinking that a lot of people will think he'll regress. And I certainly think he could possibly regress from 16 touchdowns, you know, come down a little bit. But you're still certainly still going to get production out of him at least this year. If not this year and next year, you'll get, you know, minimum RB2 numbers, in my opinion. So I think he's still got a little bit of a window. But long term, I think Tennessee's doing the right thing here. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think, you know, if you're a dynasty owner, you're hanging tight on Derrick Henry. If you're a redraft uh, person, you're looking at Derrick Henry to target in your draft because this guy is going to be geared. Uh, this was only the first year in that offensive system last year. So second year, you usually see players hit their stride, including Tannehill. You could see this offense really take even a bigger step forward um, next year. And I really like Derrick Henry. They continue to improve that defense on the on the defensive side, which means the ball goes back to Henry a little bit more. Um, yeah, I'm fired up about Derrick Henry, and I'm, I'm glad he's at least able to sign, sign the tender, which means he's not going to do a lockout or a Le'Veon Bell situation or a Melvin Gordon. And honestly, the Melvin Gordon and Le'Veon Bell situations maybe didn't work out for the player power role that we had seen. You saw what Gurley was able to do to get his mega contract. And then you saw Le'Veon Bell and Melvin Gordon not be able to sign with new teams for anywhere near what they were asking for or what they were going to be given in their prospective homes. Um, So I honestly think Henry is smart. He's playing this smart. He likes the team around him. He wants to be that team guy. Um, I hope that Tennessee is able to get him money that he deserves as, as a power running back going forward. 
So speaking of, you know, staying in the running back realm, Johnny, this one's a little bit near and dear to my heart because in Dynasty, I actually do own this player. So Dalvin Cook, um, it was asked on tw- or on Reddit here. Um, the the username is Starks21, and he asked, should you sell high on Dalvin, he or she, should you sell high on Dalvin Cook in Dynasty? Um, Johnny, what, what are your feelings on this? Yeah, so this was a really interesting question to me because my initial thought was absolutely not. You do not sell high now on Dalvin Cook. And then I was reading some of the comments that people were saying, you know, the injury risk is there. Of course, he hasn't played a full 16 games in any season in his career. Um, You know, we don't like to label players injury prone, but, you know, there certainly is a concern there when you're drafting Dalvin Cook or when you have Dalvin Cook. Uh, And so I started to pull back and say, hey, maybe this is actually considering what kind of year he had last year, Travis, you know, 250 attempts, uh, rushing yards, you know, over a thousand rushing yards last year, um, had 4.6 yards per carry looking pretty healthy. Right. Um, And so I was like, okay, you know, I was starting to really look and dive in and reassess the situation. And I ultimately did come to the conclusion is that I would not sell high on Dalvin Cook this year. And here's the reason why, the main reasons uh, of why I wouldn't do that. You've seen him not play a full 16 games, and yet he's been super effective. He's been one of the top five running backs. You look at where he's getting targeted. He's getting he's had an increase in targets each and every single year. Uh, and at least 50, you know, if we went from 40 uh, receptions to over 50 receptions. And again, if he can play a full 16 games, you're looking at 60 plus receptions possibly. And now that Diggs is gone, you could see even more dump offs to uh, Dalvin Cook. And one of the biggest things. I know this is like always been a floated out stat and, and a topic talked about. I tend to believe it. I don't know if there's actual evidence behind it, but Travis, he's going into his contract year. All players yeah. are going to want to get fed and they want to show, you know, teams that they deserve to be paid. So why would it be different for Dalvin Cook this year? I actually think that this year he could actually see an increase, you know, if he can play these full 16 games, stay healthy, he'll see an increase in targets, he'll get the goal line, you know, work there, he'll get uh you know, we've seen him run with the ball. He's phenomenal to watch. So I could actually see this year being his best year and then I would look to trade him next year, you know, like similarly we're talking with, you know, Derrick Henry and him getting a, a contract and what does that mean for your dynasty level of uh, confidence for Derrick Henry? I think that you could play this the same way and I think that this is something that we'll can t- start really looking at moving forward in dynasty uh is these players once they kind of get their, you know, first big contract you might be able to use them for a year or two and then possibly look to move them. Yeah, I, I look, I think you've got sound logic here and I think it also depends on the deal you're get, you know, you're putting on the table too, uh based on the fact that look, uh Dalvin Cook is going to get some continuity here with Gary Kubiak coming in as the new full-time offensive coordinator, which means he's going to run that zone scheme, which means, you know, you drafted Dalvin Cook last year, you you got rewarded. I think you get get rewarded again this year. But Johnny, I think this game, you know, and I haven't played Dynasty very much, you know, so just to be frank here, I don't know. But, uh, you know, my gut tells me that it's about trying to get rid or sell some of these running backs right before they drop off a cliff. 
And we could see with the play of Alexander Madison and the injury history of Dalvin Cook, this could be a cliff uh, year, either this year or next year, where you see Dalvin Cook kind of get phased out. On the contrary, though, because he hasn't had a lot of mileage on his knees because of injury, we could see a situation where, you know, Dalvin Cook actually ends up filling up to his potential through the next three years or so. And so I think, do you want to be the guy that traded away a, a top five potential back? Probably not. And so I do like seeing it one more year and kind of, you know, taking your chances on maybe not getting the value you want if Dalvin Cook does uh, kind of botch this year. Let me ask I like this. his chances, though, this year. Uh, you know, as an owner of Dalvin Cook, I'm not going to sell him high this year. I think I'm going to keep on to Dalvin Cook and just kind of see where this goes. I've, I've been hit up numerous times in the Dynasty Whispers League about Alexander Madison, who uh, a buddy of mine has, Josh, but... I'm sticking with what I got here. So let me ask you this. If you were to potentially, this could help out some uh, other, you know, of Whisper Nation that might have Dalvin. If you are convinced that, you know, you want to get rid of him, you do truly think that he is injury prone or injury riddled, all this stuff, right? The threat of Alexander Madison. What would you be looking to get back for Dalvin? Maybe this is me asking too much, but I want a first at least. I, I, th I think Dalvin Cook right now has the potential. We saw him finish top five in the weeks that he played. I think this is a guy that's going to do that again if he's healthy, and, and you want to be able to replace that, yeah. whether it be with a wide receiver or a running back or a potential franchise quarterback if you need it. You want to be able to replace that. And I think the higher the picks in these rookie drafts, um, the, the better shot you have at a, at a real game changer that could replace that value for you. 100%. So uh, this one's a little bit more of a speculation topic, Johnny. NFL insider Leroy, uh, who you can find him on uh, <clears throat> Twitter, at Leroy Insider, uh, hearing a wild rumor that has serious legs, Rob Gronkowski is strongly considering returning to the NFL to play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with his old teammate Tom Brady. He's been training in Florida in addition to WrestleMania. And... Uh, it says, please credit Leroy, woof, woof. That's, I mean, if that isn't a humble shout out, I don't know what is. Hey, if this guy, um, is, if this ends up being true, like, we'll give him all the props that we possibly can. I, I don't. Yeah, maybe we can get him on the show. Shoot Who your knows? shot. Shoot your shot, you know? Yeah, exactly. So here's what I'll say, man. I um, I don't know why Gronk would would uh, would give up on the career. He's got a potential of, of, of nurturing right now with uh professional wrestling johnny you and i are former and we we still dip in once in a while to the pro wrestling game we you know grew up watching this stuff we understand and if you've just seen what what the transition is you make it as a star in the wwe you got a real good shot at getting into at least one or two movies and then you can kind of explore that kind of entertainment value and i think there's no better personality suited for pro wrestling right now than Rob Gronkowski. If you guys watched any of the WrestleMania, at least highlights or footage, this guy's walking away with a belt, uh, dominating people, yeah. <laughs> jumping off of, of uh, tall you know, buildings or whatever. <laughs> He's like the Superman of, of pro wrestling. But that's my thing here. Is I, look, I, I think Gronk's name being tied to Tom Brady over the last few years has been such a good headline that grabs people's attention and people want this to be something i don't know if you've seen gronk like he's not the big dude that he used to be as far as build you know he's slimmed down quite a bit and i don't know if that's good or bad for his physique as far as nfl football at the tight end position i think part of the reason why gronk was so good for them johnny 
is he had a gigantic body that people did not want to tackle. Yeah. And you got him over the middle. He was such a mismatch. So for me, uh, I'm not giving this one any kind of, or I'm not giving it a lot of legs. I'd love to see Gronk come back. I think it'd be a lot of fun. They also still have OJ Howard. Right. So would it be a situation where they're going to trade OJ Howard away, which well, sir, probably wouldn't be too bad. So uh, diving into it, Gronk is still technically under contract with New England. So in order for this to happen, New England would have to trade Gronk uh, to Tampa Bay. Now, what could make this trade happen? Possibly O.J. Howard going back in return as, as compensation. We There were a lot of rumors around last year's trade deadline that the New England Patriots were trying to get O.J. Howard from Tampa Bay, and then they just ultimately couldn't decide on a draft compensation for him. So there is some intrigue there that this could potentially happen if Gronk decide that, hey, I do want to return and this is what I would, these are my conditions on which I would like to return uh, being traded to Tampa Bay. Um, but as far as for fantasy goes, I, I would agree with you, Travis, that I don't necessarily believe uh, fully in the legs of this story, uh, you know, you brought up a great point. The fact that he isn't physically, yeah, he's in great shape physically, you know, for wrestling and all of that, but not for football. That's a completely different thing. And even if you go back to uh, his days in New England, you know, 2018 when he played, Travis, he, he only had 47 receptions, uh, yet he did have 72 targets, which is, is a good amount of targets for a tight end. Uh, but he only had 682 receiving yards and only three touchdowns. As, that was only good for 86.2 fantasy points, uh, which would be right around tight end 20, uh, which, you know, let's say you would project a little bit better, you know, stats because of the offense that they're going to because the wide receiver weapons are better than what they had in New England at the time. Okay, you could say his production could go up a little bit, but he would have to go significantly up, Travis. I mean, you're talking you would have to get 50 fantasy points extra to even get in the top 10 uh, or top seven tight end. So for me, it's even if there is legs to this story uh, and, and there is serious consideration, I just don't know. And we talked about it on the last show on whether we truly believe that, uh, you know, Bruce Arians does involve the tight end in his offense. Uh, so either way, if they, yeah. is a true there's story. just so many, there's just so many things that have to go right for this right. story for it to be, to pay off in the way that we want it to in our brains, as far as Tom Brady to Rob Gronkowski in all of Gronk's time with them, did they ever have two dominant wide receivers on the outside? Like Tampa Bay does to soak up the targets away from Gronk and has Bruce Arians ever really used a tight end the way that Gronk's capable of being used? No, and I think those are the two big no's for me that make this just not a story that I think, you know, is Tampa Bay needing to give up assets just to get a, you know, shell of what Gronkowski was? I don't know if it makes a lot of sense. And so fun, fun headline for sure. And I love chopping this up. But for me, I just don't see a lot of validity to it. Yeah. Uh, moving on to our next topic, Johnny Panthers head coach, Matt Rule. On cutting Cam Newton said, that was a difficult decision. Cam is a great quarterback. Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater, was just a good fit for this offense. Quote, uh, he also mentioned that Joe Brady's relationship with Brit, uh, Bridgewater was a benefit. Um, so now we're just talking about a situation. And I'm sorry, this was uh, via at my sports update on Twitter. 
Uh, that's who posted this, and we found it on Reddit as well. So I wanted to give them a shout-out. But, Johnny, this is just a situation that kind of just keeps getting a little uh, weird and uglier by the minute as far as Cam Newton versus uh, the Panthers brass or organization. And so uh, for me, I just think we saw a regime change. Teams do this all the time. Uh, maybe not all the time with the number one overall pick and the guy who has done so much for a, a franchise. But um, this happens. This is a business, and this is kind of the way it went. I think for me, the bigger story will be who has a better couple years, uh, either Matt Rule's first couple years without Cam Newton or Cam Newton's couple years towards the end of his career. Who will win this battle? And right now, uh, I do believe Cam Newton's odds are a little stacked against him because he doesn't look like he's got a path to starting in any certain situation that he lands in. Um, unless, you know, the Raiders went and got him, but I think they have too many uh, quarterbacks on the roster as it is. Mm -hmm. I do like the Patriots as an outside shot. That would be my favorite landing spot for Cam Newton at this point in time. Mm -hmm. um, but there are other teams out there uh, that could make some sense. So, Johnny, uh, what's your take initially on, on kind of the news and, and Cam Newton's whole situation this offseason? Yeah, this is just turning into a nightmare, kind of. You know, you feel bad for Cam because of the, you know, the times that we are in today. He can't take physicals or anything like that. And the one coach that could possibly vouch for him in Washington, Ron Rivera, hasn't, you know, given it thought of bringing him in. And some think that, you know, he doesn't want the competition or the, you know, all the questions at the quarterback. Uh, with Dwayne Haskins there, all of the all of this stuff, but you got to think that Cam is better than Bridgewater, right? Uh, but again, like you, like at you least said, as far as upside is concerned, yeah. Uh, but I do, I do believe uh, a lot and and put a lot of weight into what you said about the coaching regime. Listen, some guys just want their guy, and mm. you know, similar to Cliff Kingsbury wanting Kyler Murray uh, as much as you know they were trying to say they didn't in the beginning. Some coaches just want their guy, and they see a guy that fits their system. And listen, I don't blame them. Every single person that goes into every single job, at least the majority of the time, wants to do the best that they could possibly uh, do, and they want to set themselves up to succeed in the best way possible. And how do you do that? You bring in people that you know and trust to run your system. You definitely want – you have a vision for your prototypical quarterback. And then if you're looking at that, you know, especially these day and ages, Johnny, we've just seen guys kind of mesh better when we thought they maybe weren't meant to be that guy. You know, there was a situation in time before Trubisky kind of tailed off where Trubisky was the guy because of Matt Nagy's system. Or you look at Lamar Jackson, who came into the league and we weren't fond of all of his attributes as far as a prototypical quarterback. He won MVP last year because he got in the right system for him and he's able to at least work on his weaknesses in a way that's more steady for him. Um, and I think that's true across the board when you get a nice mind as a, as a coordinator or a coach paired with the great attributes and abilities of a, of a quarterback. And, you know, no slight to Cam Newton, but he hasn't been the number one team guy or the number one guy to buy into a system. He's kind of gone rogue, uh, ran uh, on you know, scrambles for more yards, uh, throwing the ball down the field, but not very accurate when he didn't need to. And he's, you know, he's had a lot of interceptions. He's had one fantastic year. Mm -hmm. And I think people always want to go back to that year. But I think with the right coach and the right mindset, I mean, there were times last year and over the last couple of years with Norv Turner that Cam flashed some really good stuff, especially with with Christian McCaffrey and the offense. 
but health has been a concern. And so you just, you know, is it worth the risk? And so far, no teams have said are that you, it is. Are you dropping Cam uh, in a dynasty? Are you keeping him hoping? I would him? keep him just based on, I mean, it depends on your roster and what, what you've got to do after your rookie draft and things like that. But I think Cam could end up in a situation um, like in Oakland, maybe where he signed as a second or a third or second string backup, but then just really flashes that awesomeness in camp. And a guy like John Gruden can't resist putting him out there. Yeah. Um, or, or, a new England is still one of my favorite spots because I think in that offense with a heavy run game balanced with him could be really good. Um, yeah. and with Belichick, there's no better guy to get a player to, to buy in than him. Um, so the, the next topic we want to go over is, you know, similar to this vein of talking about, you know, um, health concerns and physicals and the, the age of COVID-19 in the NFL where you can't really take these physicals. We've got a report coming out uh, on Twitter uh, that says the top 10 teams, I'm sorry, the top 10 teams in the NFL draft have failed to a uh, tag of, uh, I'm not even going to try it. <laughs> yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll let Johnny pronounce it. Yeah. To a TT, as yeah. I like to call. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, yeah, two for uh, T and T so for two. Two, two is big deal. As obviously everybody knows, but if you don't know, he was tagged as the guy that teams were going to be tanking for last year. Uh, he had a horrific uh, hip injury that just destroyed him in uh, in at his in his final season with Alabama. He has since said that he is perfectly fine. He's come out and said that he's ahead of schedule. He's ready to rock and roll. But this report, this article that you can read if you, uh, let me see, the actual website is radio.com under sports. Um, and this is written by Jordan Cohn of radio.com. And basically it just kind of, um, it, it quotes another podcast called the GM Shuffle Podcast. Um, and we're seeing a couple of those guys basically say that GMs in the top 10 have failed to a uh, in his physical, and they're talking not just on that injury, you know, the hip injury, but other injuries that he's had here, including his wrist and his ankle and some other things. And so now they're making the case that maybe Tua is a lot more injury prone in general than just this massive injury. And so maybe the risk is not there. So then he looks to slide. And I honestly think, Johnny, this could work out the best case scenario for Tua's career in the NFL. Mm. Because if he's able to slide to a good team that has quarterback at least planned out for the next three years or so, you could see a situation where, I mean, not trying to like speak this into existence, but if my Green Bay Packers were to draft Tua, you'd be looking at a situation where maybe Tua gets to sit on the bench behind Aaron Rodgers, heal his body, get stronger, get get a man's body, so to speak, and, and then you're seeing a situation where he's able to bust on the scene. So that's my initial reaction is that this could end up working out a lot better for Tua than we had initially thought. Um, but do you still think that a team within the top 15, top 20, take that chance on Tua in the first round um, and mortgage their future kind of on, on the injury risk here? It will be really interesting to see because, you know, like you said, the day and age that we live in, it's kind of crazy how much 
just information that gets floated out and seeing the stock, right? Everything that we had seen beforehand on Tua had been all this positive stuff, right? Oh, he's you know showing film of him going through workouts and he looks good. Um, you know, he, 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 all these tweets and everything saying he's a hundred percent, and then all of a sudden this was kind of like the first negative thing that has come out. And it's really causing, and we've seen this happen before with certain players. One thing happens on a pre-draft, and all of a sudden, these high, these guys that were supposed to be drafted super high really start sliding. And it's usually not a slight slide; it's a huge slide. And like you said, I a totally slip and slide, slip and slide. Exactly, I totally agree with you, though, Travis, in that. This could be a really good thing, and it could be a great thing for fantasy because, just like you said, he could go to a team like Green Bay, uh, or you know, you look at Lamar slipping all the way down. You look at Pat Mahomes slipping down because people had questions about him, and uh, you know, Deshaun Watson, people had questions about him, and guess what? They slid down to teams that all of a sudden were better off because that you know there aren't. You know, top, generally teams in the top ten have a lot of holes in their in their rosters. Now, when you get you know ten from picks ten to thirty, or like not even a team that's so sure at quarterback. Look at a New England. Right. If Tua were to slip to New England, yeah, you would say maybe they're under a lot more pressure to put him on the field sooner. But not Belichick. Belichick gets a lot of grace. So if Belichick says no, let's wait two to three years, the fan base has to say, well, you gave us you know all these championships. We've got to trust your decision making. They're not going to hold Bill Belichick's feet to the fire. Whereas if he were to go to a team that maybe didn't have a quarterback that has a more uh, stressful coach, then you've had a, had a different situation. I, th- I just think the more he falls, the better opportunity he's got to be set up in a really good situation. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I totally agree with that. And I also think that, you know, in Dynasty, he will fall as well because of this, uh, which could present itself an opportunity for you to, uh, you know, to capitalize off of that. If you need a quarterback, you might have had to pay a first round, you know, six months ago. Uh, but right now. But now, you know, you might be able to get him in the second, third, maybe fourth, depending on where he goes and slides to. And if he has to sit for a few years. Uh, people might not want to invest such high capital in them. So this could be really interesting. Uh, you know, the injury, all the injuries that were listed are very, very intriguing to me. You know, a lot of scouts are worried that he is a fragile, you know, his body's fragile. So uh, my concerns are there. Fragile. Fragile must be French for something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it's definitely something that t- takes me back. And Luckily, the one dynasty uh, league that we play in, Travis, uh, I don't need to worry about quarterbacks, so I I don't have to worry about whether I should take two or not. Um, But I can certainly see where, you know, a lot of these scouts are really starting to come out and say this could be the next Jamarcus. This could be, you know, the next, uh, you know, leaf that comes out um, and, and kind of fails. And so it'll be interesting to see where he does end up going. Yeah, I'm really excited for that. That uh, that's probably one of my biggest NFL draft uh, storylines going in is, is where Tua ends up and how that plays out. Um, so finally, our last topic today, Johnny. Not a big heavy hitter, but kind of one that makes you raise your eyebrow and go, "What the heck's going on here?" The Chiefs have agreed to a one-year deal with running back DeAndre Washington, um, and this is via, via sorry, Therese A. Paler on Twitter, which you can find him at at Therese Paler. 
that's T E R E Z. So this is the this is the gist of it. We've talked about how Andy Reid has kind of gone away and back and forth with his running backs, and really just over the last I don't know five or six years. Andy Reid's running back situation, regardless of team and players, has just been this revolving door. And it's not all on Andy Reid, but it, some of it is. You know, he's forgotten his his running backs at times and gone to different guys. But sometimes it's just injury and a situation that happens or Kareem Hunt with his uh, suspension. Like all these different things have kind of and you're wondering, like, is this actually quantifiable? Is this like a kind of a curse on Andy Reid's backfield? But they keep doing things like bringing in Carlos Hyde, then trading him away, or bringing in DeAndre Washington here, bringing in LaShawn McCoy, and then putting him on the ice for the last bit of the season so that, you know, Damian Williams could really explode. So I don't know, Johnny, this just kind of just seems to be par for the course for the new Andy Reid backfield. And I think the best guy is going to end up getting the bulk of the touches, which is what we've seen. But who will that best guy be? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you look at what uh, DeAndre has done in his career 55 games total only 282 total rushing uh attempts for a little over 1100 yards averaging 4.0 yards per attempt seven total touchdowns so he hasn't done a whole lot in his career to this point but like you said it doesn't matter because running backs just work in his and in this offense they just do and you're putting a an explosive offense with pat mahomes you don't have to be extremely talented in order to be productive and so what this screams to me is one i think that running backs will now fall to the second day i don't think a single running back will be drafted in the first round uh you know a lot of people thought uh deandre swift would be going to uh you know that's where he was pegged to go and a lot of mock drafts was to kansas city which i absolutely loved now i have some concerns uh to where are these running backs going to go you know that are highly coveted and coming out uh there is some cause for concern but I think ultimately you look at the roster of Kansas city, Travis, look at this, Damian Williams, Daryl Williams, Darwin Thompson. Remember him, uh, was a, you know, big breakout candidate that we all thought. And now they bring in De- uh, uh, Deandre Washington. So it really begs the question as to what are they going to do? Do they have, well, I, and I, in I think, Williams? and I don't, and I don't know if they do, but I don't know if they need to. And I think that's what they realized last year is that they could have a revolving door and really, over the last couple of years, you can have a revolving door at running back if you've got the Ferrari that is Patrick Mahomes. And if you've got all that onslaught of passing weapons where Mahomes can have such a quick release, you have essentially a running game in his passing game and ability to get the ball out when he needs to. And I think that they're going to take this draft to kind of focus more on defense to help out Mahomes' bid to get another Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you're seeing here is that the confidence has grown. Andy Reid is 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 learning, you know, and and who better to learn than one of the best coaches there is that you don't need to get one guy. Um, and you know, you end up could getting that one guy that looks like the best guy you could get. And Kareem Hunt could end up getting suspended, and you're like, what was the point of doing that? So let's just get it for cheap get it at a bargain and realize that the real Ferrari here is in Patrick Mahomes. So are you in, are you completely staying away from all Kansas city running backs at that, uh, you know, in re- no, and it just depends on where the ADP falls, but I, I really like Damian Williams. I think barring injury, that guy fits really. And the reason is, is because he's so good on those wheel routes and those, and is with his receiving ability 
that Mahomes knows when he throws the football to him, he's going to be there to get it. And he knows that he's able to do that. And and the guy's just a touchdown machine in this offense if he's getting the starting starting role. So I think having a piece of this offense at running back is totally worth it. It reminds me of New England, uh, you know, from two, three years ago, where you want to get a guy and you just don't want to pay too high a premium, but you want a piece of that offense because a piece of that rushing, at least touchdown pie in this in this day and age and in that offense, you you want that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, especially you saw what he did over the last three, you know, three games of the season in the playoffs, and he absolutely destroyed it. Like he was, yeah. he was. Do- and then if you go the year before, he got ten touchdowns down the stretch in the playoffs too. So yeah. when he's given the ball, uh, there's not really a lot of better running backs than Damian Williams as far as volume, and it's not just volume; it's the 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 value of that volume, right. the the ability of him to make it. You know, I mean, look at him in the Super Bowl. He was a big reason why they won. He could have named him MVP. Right. There was a big argument as to whether he should have been the one that got the MVP award. Um, So I definitely think that he has the talent. He he will be an interesting guy come redraft, you know, come come September. He could be a guy that could really swing the fence uh, one way or another on your fantasy team. I agree. All right. Well, we want to hear from you, Whisper Nation, on these topics, on this topic in particular, but all the other ones we discussed. And we want to hear what you want to talk about next. As always, we thank you. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, go ahead and hit those comments below. Let us know what you want to talk about. If you're listening, uh, go ahead and leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. Um, As always, you can head over to thefantasywhispers.com. You can check out all of our uh, past articles, our uh, past videos you can check out any new content that's up there we're on facebook twitter and instagram at the fantasy whispers you can search us there that's johnny game time hicks i'm big travi and we are the fantasy whispers we are out peace. peace thank you for listening to the fantasy whispers podcast you can hear more from john and travis on google play soundcloud and itunes you can also follow us on instagram facebook and twitter at tf whispers